Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Calvary Chapel Caldwell invites you to our community Easter services Saturday, April 8th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, April 9th at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Featuring the musical drama This Is Love, a free barbecue, candy, and bounce house for the kids. For more information, visit us at calvarycaldwell.com. Throughout the whole Bible, God gives us a clear definition of what is moral and what is immoral. And in fact, when you kind of go way back to when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. Remember, they were in bondage. They were slaves in Egypt, and God brought them out of Egypt. And then Moses was bringing them to a promised land, and they were going to be God's chosen people. In Leviticus 18, when Moses brought them there, and he was giving them laws for living life, in Leviticus 18, he says, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, I am the Lord your God, according to the doings of the land in Egypt where you dwelt, you shall not do, and according to the doings of the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you, you shall not do, nor shall you walk in their ordinances. So when God brings them out of Egypt into the promised land, he said, look, the way they lived in Egypt, don't live like that. The way they live in Canaan, don't live like that. Now, why did God tell them not to do that? Because they were very sexually immoral. And so God then in Leviticus 18, and you can read it all on your own in your own time, he gives them a list of of forbidden, sexual, immoral things to do. And I'm not going to read it all because some of it's kind of geeky, but it's like he talks about incest, he talks about bestiality, he talks about homosexuality, and he just says there in Leviticus 18.22, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman, it is an abomination. So God tells them in Leviticus 18, here's a bunch of stuff don't do. Don't be sleeping around with your relatives and your neighbor's wife and man with man, all those things. And then God repeated it again in Leviticus 20 so that there wouldn't be any confusion. He's saying, hey, you're my chosen people. You're set apart. And he said, don't live like the pagans in their sexual immorality. Then in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7, he repeats it. And he tells them again, consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy. Again, set apart, for I am the Lord your God. And you shall keep my statutes and perform them, and I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Now, these are the same words that we just read here in Thessalonians chapter 4. And so he's saying, be holy, be set apart. In other words, God is saying, don't live like the pagan people in the world because I have a better way for you to live. And so God then gives them, and you can read it on your own, Leviticus 20 at home, but I'll just give you a couple verses in there. And he says in Leviticus 20, verse 10, the man who commits adultery with another man's wife, who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. So these were their laws of their land. So if you got caught committing adultery a couple thousand years ago when God brought them out of Egypt, then it was serious business. It was like a capital crime to commit adultery. Now, thank God we don't live under those laws. But then he went on to say in verse 13, if anyone lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination and they shall surely be put to death. And he goes on and talks about all these sexual immoral things, sleeping with your neighbor's wife, a man with a man, all these things. And he talks about it's how the world lives, but that's not how my chosen people live. Then in Leviticus 20, verse 26, he said, and you shall be holy to me for I, the Lord, am holy and I have separated you 
from the peoples that you should be mine. So that gives us a good picture. Now, Paul's talking about the same thing in our text. When you look at verse 3, and he says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. And so there in verse 4, when he talks about possessing your own vessel, your vessel is your body. And possessing it means to have control, self-control over your own body. And so he's saying to live a life that's holy and sanctified means that you're not just sleeping around with everybody and involved in all this sexual immorality that the world's involved with. And he's saying that God has a different plan. And we know that the Bible teaches us that as a Christian, you should save yourself for the holy union of marriage that God ordained. And so that's why the Bible tells us to not be involved in sexual immorality. Now, this is not very popular. And some of you might even be thinking right now, Pastor Bob, this sounds like heresy. This is contrary to popular sitcom theology. Because if you watch the comedies that are on, on prime time, they're saying just the opposite of what I'm saying. Now, you have a choice. You can either choose to believe God's word that's been around for thousands of years, or you can choose to believe some producer who is a little bit weird and lives in Hollywood and has been married six times. So you can choose to believe what you want. But really in our culture, it's a weird thing. And and they really want Christians to say, hey, look, who are you to judge? Now, here's the deal. We're not supposed to judge people. But what we're talking about, if you're a Christian and you say, I'm following God, Paul's encouraging those Christians in Thessalonica to live a holy life. Don't be sleeping around and say, I'm a Christian and I'm very filthy and immoral. I mean, so you just say, I'm a heathen and I'm filthy and immoral, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to follow God and don't want to be deceiving yourself. In fact, in our culture, they think it's weird. In fact, if you watch the uh, college football game on Monday night, it was the national championship, Oregon and Ohio State. Well, one of the announcers at halftime, his name is Tim Tebow, and he was a quarterback in the NFL. He played for Denver, and he played for, I don't know who else, the Eagles or somebody. But he's a Christian guy. And when he was playing pro football, you know, he's a quarterback in the NFL, and because he was winning a little bit, and I don't know exactly why he was on TV all the time, but he was on all the time, and they were interviewing him. And, I mean, they were asking him everything about, so you're a Christian, blah, blah, blah. And then, I mean, one interview is like, so you're a virgin, we heard. You're a virgin, huh? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, well, what's wrong? with you and he's like nothing's wrong with me I believe that I should save myself until I get married and so I'm not going to have sex with anybody until I get married they're all like oh and it was national news that a football player was a virgin and they're like whoa what's wrong and to me it just speaks of the lack of biblical literacy in our culture because if they think there's something wrong with that well what's the alternative to sleep around, and I was thinking there are words that you can use that, but we shouldn't use them at church, you know? I mean, you all have heard them. And what person in their right mind would tell their kids that? Hey, honey, you know, when you're in elementary school, one day, you're going to sleep around with a lot of people, and it's really going to be good. And they're going to call you names. They're going to say things behind your back. It's going to be awesome, right? Who would say that to their kids? Now, no one would say that to their kids, but then when we become adults, who would say it to their adult child? Let's say that you're a parent, and you're 70, and your daughter is 40. Would you say to her, hey, have you been sleeping around a lot? I mean, you really need to because, you know, I've been watching sitcoms on TV and, and the most popular people, they sleep around with a lot of people. And so that really is what you ought to be doing. So, I mean, doesn't that seem ridiculous? Now, I think it's important for us to realize what the world teaches about morality is very different than what the Bible teaches. And that's why it's so important for you to read the Bible and know what it teaches. Now, he's saying here, In verse 4, that each of you Christians should know how to possess your own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion, verse 5, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who 
do not know God. And so what he's saying is, to those Christians in Thessalonica, they were new Christians. He'd only been there for three weeks. And he's saying, hey, you young Christians, let me tell you. What being a Christian is about, what following God is about, is not allowing the lust of your flesh to control your life. He said, you know, don't be like the Gentiles who don't know God. In other words, he's saying, as a follower of Christ, that we don't do what everybody else does. And he's saying people in the world who don't know God, they live after the lust of the flesh, and, and they don't know any better. So we shouldn't be judging them or putting them down because that's, that's all they know. But if you are a believer and you are filled with the Spirit of God and you're walking in the Spirit, then God teaches us to live a clean life. Why? Because it's good for you. And I could share a whole bunch of stats about STDs, but then my wife says, you share those all the time. Okay, we won't share them. But you all know, I mean, now there's HPV, new STD, and and there's all these other ones. Uh, I don't know what they all are, but it's an epidemic. And so many people are getting STDs, and they're not healthy. They're not good. If I were to say, who here wished they had two more STDs? I mean, it's like, some of you are like, what's an STD? Well, if you don't know, that's good. I mean, because you don't really need to know. If you follow God's plan, you're probably not ever going to come to a home near you. But if you don't know, then you better go get vaccinated. Anyway, it's, I don't know, but it, it's just a weird thing. So here's the thing. Paul's saying, look, you need to have some self-control. Don't just let your feelings, your emotions, and your flesh run your life. And Galatians 5 tells us that if you are walking in the Spirit, it says in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And you say, what does that mean? Well, what that means is that if you're praying on a daily basis and saying, God, I want to follow you. I want to live my life for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live a holy life. Help me to live a Christian life the way you want me to live. Then this is what's going to happen. What's going to come out of your life is love and joy and peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. So self-control, when you are filled with the Spirit, God helps you to resist temptation. God helps you not to give in to things that your flesh wants to do. Now, we know that the flesh is very strong. And sometimes when we get tempted to do things, the temptation is very strong. But that's why it's so important to be filled with the Spirit that God gives you strength and that you're strong spiritually so you can resist temptation. See, the weak Christian who's not very strong has a propensity to give in to every temptation that comes their way. And I found that in my life. When I didn't know the Bible, and I didn't go to church very much, and I didn't pray to be filled with God's Spirit and His power, I gave in to every temptation that came my way. And when I began to realize that, you know, spiritual strength is just like physical strength. Physical strength does not come to you by accident. And that everybody's like, we're going to get fit, we're going to lose weight, we're going to work out, we're going to get strong. And here's the thing. That's not just going to happen because you feel like it's a good idea. It takes a lot of effort. I worked out last week. I thought, okay. My wife said, we're going to start working out again. And I hadn't worked out since last year. Whew, it was painful. And, you know, I was telling my kids, I'm like, you know what? I did the whole P90 thing, you know, and I felt good afterwards. I'm like, yeah, but you grunt and groan like an old man. I'm like, okay, but still, I did it. And here's the thing. It's painful, and it's a lot of work. And you know what? You don't really want to do it. But I know, hey, I'm going to get fit. I'll be healthy, and I feel better. Same too spiritually. You need to exercise unto godliness, the Bible says, if you want to be spiritually strong. If you don't want to give in to every temptation that comes your way, you've got to strengthen yourself. You've got to exercise unto godliness. You've got to read the word. You've got to pray. You've got to worship. You've got to go to church. You've got to fellowship. And you've got to pray daily for God's power and his Holy Spirit to come in your life. And here's what I found. I found that when I started going to church and reading my Bible and praying as much as I could, I didn't give in to those temptations. Someone would come along and say, hey, do you want to go do this? And I'd be like, 
No, I don't need to. And you know why? It was because I was filled with the Spirit, and there was self-control now. And I didn't really understand it. I was like, I wonder why this is. I just, I feel good. I don't feel the need to go sin. Before, it was like, I got to sin all the time. It's like, right now, let's go. But when I was filled with the Spirit and filled with the Word of God, I just had this strength like, hey, you know what? I want to do what's right. I want to do what's good. And I have no need to go do evil things. And so it's important that Paul is teaching these young Christians. But here's the thing. So many people go to church in America, and they think they know God's will. They think they know the Bible. And so many of them are living in sexual immorality, and they have no idea of what we just talked about. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell invites you to our community Easter services Saturday, April 8th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, April 9th at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. This special service will feature the musical drama, This is Love, reenacting the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everyone is invited to this community event that features a bounce house face painting, candy for the kids, free pizza before the Saturday service, and a free barbecue after each Sunday service. Free lattes and Italian sodas for all first-time visitors. For more information, visit us at calvarycaldwell.com. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you, and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will.